Thank you so much. Good morning to everybody. What a great day for me to come back and to share with you what the Lord is doing in that part of the nation. It's always a joy for me to be here. I know that I've been coming to this church for many years. And we have made such a relationship and I feel at home whenever I come here. And I do also feel the freedom to share what God has laid upon my heart. That's why today, our first few minutes, I'm going to share about the mercy mission. Then after, we are going to see what God is going to speak to us from the word of God. And first of all, let me thank you, the church, elders, pastors, and the supporters of mercy mission. Because of your support, your encouragement, and your blessings and prayers, Today, the mission mission has become one of the well-established mission in India. It's a national mission. Not just in one corner of the nation. The Lord is blessing the mission to impact a very nation. I mean that we are in almost every corner of our nation of India. And plus Nepal. The Lord is even helping us to go beyond the border of nation of India. Taking the gospel to the unreached and people who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all because of your prayers and support. We really want to give, bring that warm, great, big greetings and love from India. God bless you and thank you. As before I go ahead, I just wanted to invite my friend and as well as our missions administrator in the United Kingdom. You know, Mercy Mission is a registered church in UK, United States. Now, in Australia and New Zealand, as well as probably this month in Canada. The Lord is blessing us. And I will invite and rain to come forward and update about what's happening with the mercy mission in UK as well as in India. Thank you. Right, well, morning, everybody. As Charlie says, uh, my name's Andrew, and uh, I, I do a lot of the admin stuff and uh, taking Charlie around when he's over once a year. It is lovely to be back here. Uh, I was getting a little bit worried this morning when the sat-nav was taking me somewhere completely different. So it was very nice to see the Junction 10 sign outside when we finally arrived. Um, Charlie just asked me if I'd spend a few minutes uh, talking particularly about Mercy Children's Home because Mercy Mission is lots of different things. It's a Bible college, it's an evangelistic ministry, uh, it's a medical centre when we, when we have funds that allow that to happen. Um, but we have got about 130, 140 uh, children, and well, I say children, children and young people in the children's home at the moment and they age from three to about 23 24 and uh, it's been a privilege over the last 20 years for me to be involved in mercy mission in different ways and just to see how how god has been able to use mercy mission to completely transform their lives spiritually and materially um, and uh, in fact it's our 20 year anniversary next year so we're planning a nice big celebration to that of course um, so so it, it is tremendous to see how their lives have been changed because in that part of the world a lot of children have, have pretty pretty difficult lives in terms of not having parents, not having food, uh, nowhere to live and uh, a lot of these children would be on the street, well a lot would, would simply not be alive, that's, that's quite simple. Uh, they'd be beggars, they'd be working on the land and uh, Mercy Mission has enabled these children to have, have tremendously fulfilled lives and it's been wonderful over the last two, three years in particular to see how some of them not only have managed to reach adulthood in one piece, if you like, but have gone on to university or colleges 
Uh, we've now got children studying, children, young people studying uh, maths, pharmacy, uh, business studies. There's, there's one young man who's recently got a job in the avi aviation industry. So, so it is, is life transforming in many ways. Um, if you want to find out a bit more about some of the children we, we support, have a look on the table outside the door over there. We've got loads of free literature. Uh, we've, we've got a book that was written two, three years ago about Mercy Mission, which is uh, available. We've also got, uh, at the moment, about 20 children. Uh, we're looking for sponsors. If you're able to give any gift, large or small, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. We'd really welcome that. And I know loads of you support Mercy Mission already. Um, we, we've got about 20 children who, who are not sponsored. And uh, if, if that's something you could consider, that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, whatever you can afford, um, if, if you're able to give 25, 30 pounds, that actually does provide children with a home, with education, with food, uh, as well as a, a loving environment. Um, and the, the need is so great. We, we have the physical space, but we, we don't have the money. You know, it, we spend about a thousand pounds on rice every, every month at the moment, so it's a, a huge demand, obviously. So if that's something you think you might be able to consider doing, that would be absolutely wonderful. So please do come and have a chat with Charlie and myself after the service. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Antu. That's great. And it has been a great blessing for the mission. And uh, since when the beginning of this mission, and Andrew has been involved and a uh, number of other churches in this United Kingdom. United Kingdom is my main base. This is where I studied and lived nearly about nine years before God called me back to India. So it's like my second home. Last week, I was just calculating how many day, days I spent in the United Kingdom altogether, including my stay. I found it is nearly 10 years and two months. So there's nothing wrong for me to say this is my second home. A big chunk of my life I spent here. And I'm really thankful to God. Thank you, Rachel, and really for helping me to allow me to come here this morning. And um, before I go to the Word of God, I want to show you two videos, particularly just to show you the school environment there. And then we will have another video of interview of a little uh, girl when she came. Today she's a grown-up adult. And uh, we would like to show you all together maybe five, six minutes. I want you to see it. Uh, even the quality is not very good, forgive me. It's an Indian you know, way of doing. But I hope you will enjoy and enjoy your time. And uh, okay, let's have the video. Thank you so much. School has been a great blessing for the ministry. We began the school for the children in the orphanage about 17 years ago. But today it has become a school open to the public. We have about 150 to 60 students 
are given free education and other about 450 are paying the fees. So nearly about 650 students so far having education in this place. The blessing is this, because these students come from other different villages in, in a nearby area, we have got a number of churches established. We have access to the village to preaching the gospel. So school has become a means to a great blessing for the kingdom expansion. Also school is employing nearly 32 full-time workers and some part-timers. This year we are really blessed to have three of our young orphan children who came there with five or six years old and trained and studied and got their degrees, come back to the mission and said they would like to work with us. So I have three of my, our own children working in the school as teachers. School assembly is done almost every day morning, Monday to Friday. And if it is not raining, because always done outside. a view from outside on the main road. When you think about 19 years ago, this was a land with a lot of uh, jackals, wild, wild pigs and snakes. Nobody would dare to go to that place, but it's all changed and transformed by the grace of God. Children from the village are still coming. The little vehicle is not auto rickshaw. I think nowadays you have some auto rickshaws in London. That's what I heard. Ministry began in 98 with me and my wife and two little kids in a small rented room. Then God began to bless us. That is the main worship center. After the cyclone, God blessed us to have a new worship center being built. Now we got a worship center there. So all the church building is used for the school, our school auditorium. What you see here is only what is on the campus, the base, the, the, what we call the headquarters of the Mercy Mission, but our ministry is spread into nine different states of India. 
with nearly 400 plus of graduates of our own Bible college working in 1200 plus villages in nine different languages. So what you see is only base, the real ministries in the field of church planting. The girls hostel. The chapel you see is the, the first building on the camera. Then we have our own dairy, our own milk. We don't buy milk to make it a home, homely feeling for the children. We keep some cows, some ducks and chickens, some rabbits and dogs. So they don't feel that they are taken away from their village environment. Lots of vegetables like coconut trees and the fruit trees and the bananas. That is a new addition. This one is a kitchen and uh, we call the dining hall, which we have prayed for many years to happen because many times the children had to stand in the sun or the rain in the queue for the meal because we didn't have a dining hall. But la last year, by the blessings of God and the help of others, we have uh, definitely managed to this, uh, do this uh, dining hall. Now we can accommodate nearly about uh, 400 children eating at a time. That's the dining hall. But it's not completed. You can see everything, a temporary fan and the electricity there. We want to make a ceiling because of the tin roof. It's very hot in the summer. You know how hot it comes in India? 48 degree Celsius in our area in the summer. So we need to have a ceiling there which we are waiting for God to provide. At the moment, we have about 250 plus people eating from here every day three times. That's why we had to buy this uh, rice field. The Lord blessed us to buy about nearly about four and a half acres of rice field. And uh, we already started cultivation there about 15 miles from the campus. We are aiming to buy altogether 10 acres to provide the rice we need. That's the college campus, Bible college campus. We have nearly about 45 students studying in the Bible college. Is the newcomers, play school children. You know, one cries, others cry, that's the way in the school, when they come to the play school. <laughs> this is lower kindergarten. I want to say good morning.
There are a lot to thank God because when we think about we started from nothing 19 years ago in a small rented room and how far God has you know, blessed us. So that's the end of that video. We would like to show one more video, just one more video. That's only two minutes. A small interview of uh, Anita Ayanka. And I just uh, have uh, Anita, one of our daughters from the Mexicom here. And I'm going to interview her uh, for you. And uh, she may be a, be a blessing to you today. Hi, Anita. Uh, tell me, how are you today? Fine, sir. You are fine? Yes. And Anita, could you please tell uh, our sponsors and friends? And um, when did you come here? In 2004. 2004. So how old you were then? Seven years. Seven years old. That's great. And uh, what do you think about my submission campus? It's not the campus, it's my home. It's I your home. Thank yes, you so I much. I have been here yeah. when I was very little. You came as a little girl and you grew up here. So you feel at home? Yes, yes it gave me life. Yeah, you, it gave you life. Well, that's good. That's good to know that you're happy about the home. And uh, what, what was your studies here? Did you study in the Mensimation English Film School? Or? Yes, I studied up to 10th year. Uh, yeah, after then what have you done after the school final here on the campus? I went for, uh, for the studies after Vijayanagaram. Yeah. So what have you done in Vijayanagaram City? Intermediate and degree. Now finish your intermediate and then you have a degree. A degree in what? Maths and computers. Maths and computers. So what are you doing in these days? Now I'm studying as a teacher in machine So you have come to your own school where you studied yes. to be a teacher in computing, isn't it? That's yes. great. I think something here to thank God that you are given a privilege to be in the so same school where you studied. Thank you, Anita. Please tell me what is your background and that's you have no father and mother. I have four sisters, one brother. Do you think you still don't have father and mother here? No, I have everything here. <laughs> okay, okay. And let me ask you a question. What do you think about Jesus? He's my savior. He's, he's your savior? Yes, he's my father. He gave me everything. Yeah. Before I came, without anything, I have no one. Yeah. I have no one. I have nothing to serve my life. Okay. I'm alone. I thought that uh, my life will end in that way, in my childhood. Yeah. But by grace of God, I got everything here. This is a big home, many friends, sisters and brothers, and father and mother I got here. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. And would you like to say anything to our sponsors and friends uh, in the world, you know, who pray for us and sponsor and support this country? What, what, what would you like to tell them? Thank you for your support. Thank you for thank you for sharing. And like me, many of us suffering with without education. So uh, my wish is to get them good education. Okay. Like so you want to thank your sponsors for yes. what they have done for you and uh, what they will continue to do for us. Okay. And here is Anida. She's a teacher in the Medicine Mission School today. Not only are that two more girls there, Ryan and Rebecca, also doing as team in the teaching at the Mercy Mission School. It's good to see our own children, our own daughters and sons working with the Mercy Mission Ministries. May God, um, God bless you for listening and thank you for continuing prayers and support. Charlie John from Mercy Mission. Thank you. Bye-bye. I thought that would give you an idea of what these children can become given opportunities and uh, privileges. Most of the children in the orphanage, that's about 142 at the moment, 
And I believe most of them would have been end up in the wrong place or maybe some of them would have been dead or working as a child laborer somewhere or being sold somewhere if we were not taking care. There are many more children. We love to take more. Nothing stops us but only the finance, to be honest. We love children. I know you all love children. But thank you so much for what you've done for the mission so far. And we encourage you and please come and visit us. We invite you. You don't need to be a team. You can come as a family because we have a beautiful place to stay in. I am sure Rachel is here to tell you the testimony. We have a wonderful place to stay in. Once you come, we'll take care of you. Nothing to worry. Don't believe in all those nonsense you hear about India. India is a beautiful country, wonderful people, loving people. They would definitely take care of you. So please come as a team, as an individual, as a family, and see what the Lord is doing there. And uh, we are um, so much into this kind of charitable works. We have so many other things we are doing. I don't have time to mention everything because I think I also have a responsibility today to share from the word of God. My dear friends, uh, today we would like to, you know, talk much more about the word of God. But um, just to remind you, Mercy Mission is having an open door for anyone who is like-minded and the loving um, the children and the mission to come and um, be part of it. We invite you to be part of this ministry as a church, as individual, as the brothers and sisters in Christ. So please continue to pray for us and uh, meet us if you would like to know more about it after the meeting. Thank you so much once again. And I really want to give a big clap offering to the Lord today this morning. Please. For the today's meditation, I will take uh, your attention to the Old Testament, uh, the book of Genesis chapter 35. The subject I would like to talk about is uh, getting back to Bethel. I know most of you may be thinking that, oh, we heard about that before. Okay, that's fine. In this particular chapter, we would see the Lord is recalling Jacob back to Bethel. There is a reason for God to call. Here we see that God is taking the initiative. It is not that Jacob. Because Jacob had gone away from the Lord for a long time now. Nearly about 20 years of his life, Jacob had been living just for himself. It was in chapter 28 we would see when Jacob met with God at the first time at Bethel, it was a time when he was seeking for someone to help him. He was just walking into the unknown after deceiving his father and his brother. He was making a run for his life. He was on the way that he came to Bethel. Not knowing what to do. And he had just a stone as his pillow trying to make a sleep. But he could not because God appeared to him there. See, God is after the runaways. God is after the people who have no hope. People who are confused and uncertain. That very night, God met with Jacob and began to talk to him. And Jacob made a covenant with God and God made a promise with Jacob. It was a kind of connection that being created between God and the Jacob. Both of them were making a covenant and Jacob made a promise when he would come back to Bethel one day, that he would make an altar for the Lord and he will fulfill his vows before the Lord. The Bible says when we 
take vows, you must be very careful. Only if you can fulfill, you're supposed to take it. The Jacob story is that he had taken this oath before the Lord and for the next 20 years, looked like Jacob had forgotten the commitment he made before the Lord. God called Jacob back to Bethel. We know God is in the process, in the business of calling people back to him. As we know that the book of Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, He is seeking the people. The son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. For the Jacob 20 years ago, he made the covenant and he began to lead a life of forgetfulness, negligence, self-seeking, self-centered, looking only for his own financial, physical benefits. He was a man who was only centered around his own will and his desires. He walked his way, he and a lot, 20 years, he accumulated a lot of wealth. A lot of people around, a lot of fame and position and possessions. But when we see him here, at this time and moment, even though he had done all these things, Jacob is an empty man. Lots of fear, lots of uncertainty. Mainly due to his own sons and his own children. Who would not obey him, who would not listen to him. Look like last 20 years of his life is wasted. Even though Jacob gained so much materially. In this world, what he had to do as a spiritual leader of the home. I don't think Jacob was a role model for his children. Maybe you still learn from his history, the way of his life, self-centeredness, self-seeking, material-minded, disworldly. God, they so. His own children began to disobey him. They would not listen to him. Jacob's heart was really broken. And he was in a kind of situation with all this achievement, feeling an emptiness in his life. Uncertainty and confusion. A lot of depression and discouragement. At that time, when Jacob was really in need, really in that kind of situation, the Lord came into the scene. I love God because he is compassionate. He is loving. Even if you go too far, he will not leave you there because he will seek you and find you in your mess. Praise the Lord. See, this is what God is all about. So merciful, I don't know where you are today. Let me tell you, it is not too late for you to seek the Lord today. There's no too deep, the deep that God cannot come down and take your hand and pull you out. There's no farthest of the world anywhere. Even at the depth of the sea, you go, Bible says, his spirit is there. My dear, I don't know what kind of critical situation you are in. Maybe emotionally or physical. Let it be the financial or even relationship. I don't know what is the issue that you're facing today. But let me tell you, my God loves you so much. You may, you may have forgotten the covenant that you made with your God. You may have forgotten the way that you led your life at that time when you met him first. You remember such an enthusiasm for prayers, waiting for a chance to come to the 
presence of God, to the fellowship. You will never avoid any cancer meeting because you are so much passionate about God. But that days are in the past for Jacob. But God says, Jacob, you may have forgotten your promises. You may have forgotten me and your commitment, but I have not abandoned you. You may have abandoned me, but I have not abandoned you. I have not given up on you. Jacob, I'm still here, still waiting for you, still seeking for an opportunity to take you in my arms and embrace you. This is a loving father. My dear friends, God called Jacob's back to Bethel, means the house of God. And it was at the Bethel, Jacob first met God. We will see three things here. Three steps of how God called him. And God called Jacob to come back to the place where he started for God. In other words, God is saying, Jacob, time has come for you to come back where you started. Because you are not there anymore. You have moved away so much away from me. You don't walk in my plan. You don't walk in my will. You live a life that is of your own. But God is calling the church, God is calling the individuals to come back to the presence of God and look at the days and place where you left God, saying that come back. God's command was for him to dwell there and build an altar and worship. In another way, God says, that day you made a covenant, but you moved on your ways, but today you are going to make a covenant with me again or renew your covenant, but you are going to dwell there. You are going to stay there. Stop Jacob running away. Come back and stay with me at least the rest of your life. You will see the blessing. Praise the Lord. And I believe God is challenging Jacob to come back and dwell in the presence of God and experience God's power and blessing in his life yet again. I think it is a safe to say that many Christians find themselves in the same condition today. The things of God have become dead and the life of the Christian displays that deadness. My dear friend, this is not a new trend. Let me tell you, you see the same thing. When Jesus, the commander-in-chief of the Lord of the church, visited the church's Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, it was the same case, not much difference. The first love is lost. They are in the wrong place. He came there to ask them to repent and return to the first law, to the first place, to the first experience, to the first way of life so that they can be blessed and restored. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you today, four things he asked. First to remember, where have you fallen? Where you lost and where you took the wrong step? God says, I am merciful enough to give you a second chance or a third or maybe for Jacob, number of chances are already given. In Isaiah, in Ephesians, and we know all these parts, I'm not going to read it. Think back to where the Lord found you and what he did for you when he saved you by grace. It was by the grace of God Jacob met him. Not because he deserved. He was a deceiver. Good for nothing, run away. Yet God met him in that wilderness where he was alone. My dear friend, that was the grace of God. But now 
being ignorant or negligent of God's love for him. God has not given up on him. So God is saying, return to me. God's call to Jacob and the Ephesians was, return, return, come back to me. He calls, is the same you and me today. God is calling us when we wander away from him. He tells us to come back. Thank God that he will receive us and he will restore us. My dear friends, our God is just like in the biblical story, waiting, the father is waiting for the prodigal son. Doesn't matter how ugly, how dirty you are, how messed up you are, my God is not going to give upon you because so loving and kind and merciful he is. With that open arms and waiting eyes, he's waiting for you. He said, come, I would like to embrace you and give you one more opportunity. My dear friends, when we return to him in humble repentance, he will return to us. This is so biblical. We know that when God calls you, and if you don't listen, the Bible says that he will turn a deaf ear to you. Let me tell you, maybe today is the day God is calling us back to come back to him. All of us are Christian. You are Christian, born again, baptized maybe. Like Jacob had a wonderful experience once upon a time. Walked with God and talked to God and having a wonderful life with God and experience the power of God. But question today is what happened yesterday, what is today? 20 years back, 10 years back, I so that is not the question. What are you today? Where are you today in your Christian walk and life? I think that's very important. Testimonies of the past is okay, but the past is not enough. Today is very important. My dear friends, God says, Jacob, not only to return, but to repeat. God's call to Jacob was to, just like he said to the Ephesian believers, is exactly the same. They were to do the first works over again. Jacob met the Lord. And when he did, he began his work with God by performing the act of worship. He humbled himself before the Lord. He called upon the name of the Lord. He dedicated his life to the Lord. Those early steps of commitment by Jacob were essentially the same as the acts of first love that God is speaking to the Ephesians. My dear friends, God also demands him not only to return, not only to repeat, but also to remove him. The Ephesians believers are one that if they fail to rekindle the old flames and love Jesus first, that they will face his dis or chastisement. If you choose to walk away from the Lord by your own will, many times we blame the circumstances. We put the blame on our heads. My dear friends, the circumstances are not going to take a decision or dictation on you what you are. Because you are not moving by the circumstances. Because the God is in control. He can help you to overcome the circumstances. He will never abandon you whatever the situation that you are in, that you go through. You know that our God is with us. And God says you should not blame the circumstances. Don't blame the past. Don't blame others. It's your decision today. Whatever the life may bring into my life, I know that I am a child of God. 
He has promised that he would be with me even until the end of my life. Trust in the Lord. If you choose to walk away from God and you refuse to return to him, you will face his chastisement. Sometimes, some of the troubles and trials and the pain that we go through is our own. Because we open a door for that. But God says today, you don't need to be in that circumstances anymore. Because I am the Lord of victory. I'm here to bless you and bring you out of that predicament. My friends, secondly, we see God's command was heeded by Jacob. Jacob, here, when he got this chance, he grabbed it. Jacob began to listen to the voice of God and be obedient to the word of God. Many times we come on Sundays, listen to sermons, say, oh, good, he preached very well, she preached very well. Hey, God doesn't want your approval. What God wants is a change in our life. Willing to obey the word of God, listen to the word, and apply the word in our life, in a day-to-day life, to prove that we are a child of God. My dear friends, God is calling us today. Jacob knew that it was going to get, and that he was going to get back to Bethel. If he has to do that, some changes would have to be made in his life. We all want to be blessed. All want to see the breakthrough in the such areas of our lives. We want God to visit us and make a difference in the circumstances that we are in. We want God to do a miracle in our life. But the question is today, are we willing to pay the price? Are we willing to make a change if it is needed? The Lord is calling Jacob, Jacob, I want you to come back to Bethel, but you can't come as you are. There must take place some kind of changes in your attitude, your character, your way of life. Jacob, I call you to have a change. By the way, God is not the one who needs to make a change. We are the one who needs the change. Many times we think, when God is going to change, God is not going. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't need to change. We need to be changed. Our attitude and our approachment, our understanding of God's ways and living style has to be changed. My dear friend Jacob calls to his family to make some changes before they began their journey back to Bethel. I would like to point those changes out if I can. My dear friends, by the way, it is, in, in, is it not interesting that Jacob took the leadership role in the family? If you look at the story of Jacob at that very moment, his children would not. You know the story of his own wife stealing the idols of his father-in-law? Even then you would see Jacob was keeping silent. Jacob was not taking the leadership of the home. Men, let me tell you, you are the spiritual leader of the home. And if you don't take care of, that, take care of your position, God-given position in the family, what would happen? One day you will have to pay the price. Jacob is not paying. He's suffering. He's disappointed, disgraced about his own sons and daughter. The reason is that they don't listen to him anymore. He wasn't a good model in the family. He did not speak when he's supposed to speak. He kept a silent mode when he's supposed to raise his voice. As a man of God, as a father of the family, he did not take up the responsibility leading the children in the fear of the Lord. Now the time has come for him to pay back. He's suffering. He's uncertain, confused, totally dejected and depressed. Jacob has no clue what is the next step. That's when God stepped in. 
our God has given one more chance to you. My dear friends, here we see that first of all, they cast off their deities. And Rachel and her stolen images, all of you know the stories. Our idols must go. All the things that steal love and devotion from the Lord must be removed from our lives. If we want to his blessings upon us, we need to be just like what Colossians says. Think about the things that is above. Things of the world is important, but it is only temporal. But things above is eternal. The Bible says that let our mind be steadfast on the things that is promised, and which is above and permanent. My dear friends, I'm saying that we are living in this world. We need the things of the world, but we should not be stuck with them. We need the more and all that something that is eternal. The Lord is saying, when you want to become an idol in your life, your health, your beauty, maybe your dreams, I don't know what your idol that is hindering you from walking in the presence of God, walking in the light of the world, the walking and doing the will of the Lord, that which is hindering that has, has become more important to you than God and things of God is an idol. Whatever takes your time, your money and your devotion is your God. Never forget, God is calling us today, secondly, not only to just remove those hindrances, the idols and throw it away, God is saying, they need to be cleansed, their deadness. Lord of deadness accumulated during the 20 years of Jacob's life. Let me tell you, he was covetous. He was too clever to cheat others. In every kind of sin you name that Jacob was in it. He was a dirty man inside out. God said, Jacob, for your family and you to come to the battle, the need, there's a need to be crunched inside out. So God is saying all filthiness in word and outward had to be cleansed. A dirty life hinders worship. As Psalm 66 verse 18 says, if I have hidden the sin in my heart, you see, that would not please God. My dear friend, Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 to 11 also talked the same thing. Why it is so important for us to get these things completely removed from our lives. Every idol, it could be your dreams I saw to you. It could be the worldly thing that you hold so dearly in your life. Maybe it could be your husband, your wife, your children, your work, your job, your position, your possession, whatever it may be. God say, I must be first in your life. But most of the time we see, God has become second in our life. If I have time, pastor will come to the church. If I have time left, I will come to the prayer meeting. If I have time, I may spend half an hour reading the word of God. If I have time, I may spend 15 minutes in prayer. Everything, only if I have. We have no time for God. We have time for everything. We can watch the TV. There's nothing wrong in watching TV. But before the TV, watching the cricket and tennis, we can sit whole day, day and night, without a tiring eyes. Some people even drink and, and they coffees after coffees to make them avoid to see the tennis. I know there's nothing wrong in watching Bimbledon, but Bimbledon should not be your God. Cricket should not be your God. European Cup is not our God. Where is God in our life? What sort of place we have given for the Lord? If God has first place in our life or not, 
It's only to challenge you to think I am asking this question to my friends. God expects his people to turn away from the wickedness of the flesh. And also God said, thirdly, they changed their dress. You know, the garments were spotted by sin. Clean garments are symbolic of separation. If we are to ever be where the Lord desires us to be, then we must dress ourselves in the holiness of God. This world and all the things that are embraced by it must be rejected by the child of God who would get close to the Lord. Separation. We are people of God in the world. We need to live like a child of God. I know. I'm an Indian preacher. I preach straightforward. You may not like it, but please bear with me. Because I love you and God loves you. This is the way I preach in India. I don't want change what I preach in India. I think the people there and here are same. Under the skin, we are all same blood, same red blood, okay? We are all in need of the grace of God. We are all in need of the blessings of God upon us. I want to challenge you today. God is calling all of us as people of God to resubmit our life, recommit our life. They created some distance from the... One thing I like with the Jacob was that when Jacob was brought, all those idols and the rings and the things of the world, what did Jacob do? The Bible says he dig a hole and buried it. These things were buried not to say they could be reclaimed again later, but so they would be gone forever. Burial means a total goodbye. So saying that I will never take it back. This is once and for all saying that I have done, I'm going to repent, I'm going to return to the path of God, I will never return back to my old ways. I like that. My dear friends, it is buried. Never to take it back. There are something in our life, I don't know what it is. You know, and you know before your Lord what we need to get rid of. I believe God is calling us to give it up and come to the presence of God. God is calling as a church, as an individual, as a family to rededicate, to be cleansed and sanctified and be separated from the world to live for Jesus. I know I'm preaching in a modern society, but let me tell you, the word of God is same yesterday and today and forever. It has no change. The human morals has no change. Human mentality has no change. Human hearts is no change. It can only be changed when the presence of God comes in. The Holy Spirit works in. The word of God is allowed to sanctify us. So let's commit ourselves under the command of God. By the friends, verses 6 to 7, God's command in action. I will conclude with just reading this passage. When Jacob returned to Bethel, he rebuilt his altar and worshipped the Lord. When we hear and obey the call of the Lord, prepare our hearts and our lives to worship, then we can rebuild the old altars and the worship the Lord again in spirit and truth. My dear friends, remember when Elijah, before he could see the miracle of God, the fire of God come upon the Carmel, he got to rebuild the altar that was completely demolished and completely in disarray. First thing Elijah did was to rebuild the altar. The same thing Jacob has to do here. Jacob is called by the Lord to come to the Bethel, not to just have a wonderful time, but to rebuild the altar and restart the worship. Praise God. That is where the Lord wants to bring each one of us today. As it is where the redeemed heart was to be. 
God is calling us today. The altar of Jacob built was symbolic of several things. When we return to our Bethel and rebuild the altar, we will, we will find that stand for the Lord's grace. My dear friends, stand for the same thing as Jacob stood for. He spoke of worship. At the altar, God was adored. God must be adored by his people if there is to be a real worship. It's God, not the church, not the organization, not the people or the leaders. God himself to be honored and worship. He is preeminent. He is the first in our lives, in our church, in our worship. That simply means that we must come to a place where we are willing to humble ourselves before him. Confess our sins. Claim his forgiveness. And lift his name in our praises. Worship is about us becoming less while he becomes more. Listen. Worship is about us becoming less while he becomes more. It spoke of love. At that altar, Jacob gave his best and ultimately he gave himself unto the Lord. Remember, after 20 years of life wasted, Jacob how now come back to God, recommitting his life, his family, his future, his dreams for God's will. He said, Jacob, ultimately he gave himself, he proved that he loved the Lord and doing what God told him to do. Nothing says we love the Lord like our obedience to the Lord because Jesus himself said, the world will know that you are my disciple. How? When you will obey my word. My dear friend, there's no other way the world will know that you are a child of God. Only when you put the words in action, manifest Christ in your life and my life. Christ must be seen by the world, not just heard. Anybody can claim, church is making claim, people are making claim, but the world outside is asking, what is the sort of Christ that you are talking about? What is that compassion? What is that love? What is, that, what is the sacrificial life? What is the Christ of forgiveness? Hey, let me ask you today, how many of us are holding the pain and the hurt, being offended, not willing to give up? But today, this morning, God is saying, what is the spirit of forgiveness among the people of God? Are we not willing to give it up? My dear friends, humbleness, asking for forgiveness, and forgiving others. It's all part of being like Jesus. That is the ultimate goal of the church, to be like Jesus. To show the world that Jesus is not, is a Jesus of the Bible, the Lord. He's not the Jesus of the history. Jesus is alive today in me. He is the Jesus of today. My dear friends, it's very important. And I believe, chapter God, it also spoke of service. People came to the altar to make vows to service to the Lord. God is looking for people who will selflessly serve him. Who will put his first in their lives. Who will give their all for him and to him. My friends, it's so important that we will become people of serving. Jesus taught all through his life. He loves the servant life. Servant leadership. We want to be served. We want to be blessed. We want to be asked. We want to be loved. 
We want everyone to take us as someone, you know, who is being honored and accepted. But are we accepting others? Are we loving others? Are we willing to serve? Are we willing to go an extra mile to do something good for someone who is needy? Are we willing to go to the base and byways and high street and maybe the what we call the villages and visit the people who are in hurt, pain and suffering to show them the love of God? Where is the compassion of Christ? Where is the mercy of God? Where is the love of God? Church must be manifesting it today. And I do believe this is the main reason we put mercy mission as mercy mission. It's a biblical word. Mercy mission is not given the name after my daughter. My daughter is Jasmine and Jessica, not mercy. Many people do that. It is from the book of Matthew chapter 9 where Jesus says, I deserve mercy, not sacrifice. My dear friends, let us be a real genuine example for the biblical inspiration of the word of God. Let's be like Jesus. Lastly, spoke of the obedience. God told Jacob to build the altar and nothing less would have pleased the Lord but obedience. He demands a total commitment and obedience. And let me tell you at last, it's an obligation. Jacob owed the Lord a debt of gratitude for all the Lord's blessing upon his life. He paid that debt at the altar. We are indebted also. This think of all. The Lord has done in your life the mercy and the kindness he had shown in the past. Never forget the goodness of God in your life. The very reason that you are alive today is only by the grace of God. Just a few weeks ago, you know what happened in London. I was watching with a broken heart. Heart, let me tell you. When that multi-story building burned up. I don't think that people were expecting to be killed or burned alive. What a sad thing. Human life is not predictable. We would never know what would happen next minute. Nobody here can predict that I will reach home. Even today, let me tell you. Next minute, it does belong to us. If it is a by grace of God. If it is the will of God, I would say we will see tomorrow. In that kind of human temporary life, when we know there is an eternal life, even though we have to pay a price for it, it is worth it. That's why Colossians chapter Apostle Paul says, think of the things above that which lasts forever. My dear friends, I want to challenge you. For 20 years of life wasted for Jacob, maybe some of us for 30 years, 40 years, I don't know how many years you wasted your life, but today God says, stop going that way. The time has come for you to turn around. Walk on my path of righteousness, truth and justice and holiness, because I call you as my son and daughter. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. And God loves you so much that maybe the reason God sent me today to remind you that he loves you again. Today, if it is good for you, resubmit our life so that we can do a sacrificial life for Jesus Christ. The world is demanding, looking for Christ. The world has no hope. There's no answer. With all the achievements of the modern technology and science and whatever education, still the world is crumbling. Lot of hearts, lots of pain, lots of poverty, lot of suffering all around us. Holy Jesus is the answer. The peace of God that understands everything must dwell in the hearts of people. 
this Jesus must be seen and heard and experienced by the people but not by the preaching of the word alone but living of the word of God I challenge you and close your with a plea and cry let us take a decision today we will stand for Christ we will forget the past look forward today on I will be a living example for Jesus Christ and for the world. The world will see Christ in me. His compassion, his love, his gentleness and kindness. His forgiveness. Let the Spirit of God encourage you. May the Holy Spirit anoint you. May him empower you to become a powerful weapon in the hand of the Lord. For God is looking for living sacrifices. The Bible said, do not conform yourself any longer to the patterns of the world. But renewing your mind, becoming more and more like Jesus. My dear friends, I really cry in my heart because I really believe this is what we are lacking in our life. We do talk. We do claim, but we don't live for Jesus. The world doesn't want just claiming as politicians are claiming. World leaders are claiming, but they never meet their claims. But you and I are the living testimony for Jesus in this world. You are called to be the light of this world where the whole world is under the darkness of wickedness and evil. You and I must stand, make a stand for Christ today. May the Lord bless you. Oh, as God changed the Jacob's lives after he came back to Bethlehem. A tricker became the prince of God. I pray today that God will change you inside out to become a prince for God. A daughter and son for God. A challenging example and a blessing to your family, to your neighbors, your children, to your friends and the, the church family. May God bless you and thank you for listening. God bless you and continue to bless you. Thank you. Amen.